Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. We're doing that anime thing one more time. Now with this new episode, episode eight of Attack on Titan, the final season with the episode title being Assassin's Bullet. Of course, I have my main man in crime talking about that anime goodness. Chris, how's it going, bro? Good, dude. How are you doing? I'm great, man. It's uh, it's good to win one. I think that the the thing out of this episode that I really took away from or like kind of gave myself a pat on the back with or us is kind of a big call, a shot call that we made that uh, ended up being true. But with all things in time, we'll be talking about exactly what that big turn of events was in this episode. So anyway, being that this was probably, uh, you know, we were talking about this off the podcast for a second, but this was kind of a change of pace. Was this something that you were kind of like looking forward to or surprised of or, you know, did it kind of just flow with the cadence of the season and how it's been going so far, in your opinion? Yeah, um, I wasn't super surprised, I, but I'm not saying that I wasn't expecting anything either. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I really thought that there was going to be a longer fight between Aaron and Reiner. I think that was the only expectation that I had. I just thought it was going to be a long, drawn-out fight. Um, and it turned out not to be. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a lot slower pace, which was kind of nice in a way. We got a lot of information out of it. And so, um, yeah, that's basically all that I, I got out of it as far as like expectations and things like that. What about you? You know, now that you mention it, I think that's probably that it was actually a necessity to make it slower paced and all of it had to do with the cap on the Reiner and Aaron fight. So essentially, you know, none of this stuff could kind of go on or like the main happenings of the episode if that wasn't taken care of quick. And, you know, there's because there is a lot of interesting context that we get, but it all kind of has to happen once Aaron gets up to that blimp. So it does kind of suck that Reiner was kind of like a just like a hit once and had a glass jaw, but it does pretty much make sense being that um, after thinking about it, his Titan form was new and so was his like will to live and it looked a lot more human. And so that might be an instance of, yeah, this homie was just really out of the game. But one thing that I thought was cool was that I think, you know, he lives long enough to like save poke, which is actually super interesting and I think probably a nod to Marcel, you know, Mar- since Marcel saved his life. Did you catch that? Catch the, Did I catch him saving him or just catch that, like, the, I guess what you were saying about Marcel and stuff like that? Well, yeah, so I'm essentially just bouncing it back just so, you know, does that make sense or am I just oh, yeah. reaching here? No, 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 it totally makes sense. And it, it goes with Reiner's character too, uh, just looking back at past seasons and, looking back at the past episodes actually where they flash back and they kind of showed Reiner as the leader after Marcel died and him just assuming that role. Um, so it mm-hmm. totally makes sense that he would, he would save him in that situation. And it's also kind of like a why not situation as well. If you're able to save, you know, anything that you possibly can at this point, especially if you're Marley, um, you're kind of grasping at anything that you can to kind of regroup and, Get, get things back together yeah yeah and even more so in an individual scope i guess it really was a why not for reiner because you know he kind of he didn't want to live anymore essentially and him turning into a titan um either he was going to get killed 
or you know he wasn't and he could probably he could save marcel i guess the the loss is um you know delaying the time that you know he could possibly be done with living and kind of you know um over it all but yeah in the set i think it'll be huge knowing that they have you know they've kind of recovered at least one of the most important titans that unlocks another titan too but who knows man i mean with the the new Warhammer power that Aaron has, who knows if cracking open those crystals are going to be a little bit easier mm-hmm. than before, even without the Jaw Titan. But for sure, one thing that I think is a huge win, um, and hopefully we could see that interplaying in the rest of the eight episodes now that we have, we're halfway through, bro, which is crazy. I just realized that. I I feel like we have so much information and had so much action. In this, I hope they don't do like the season three, like pause during and like go to the second one. Um, Hopefully I didn't jinx that, but I it's so crazy to think that there's eight more episodes of, you know, just double up what we just had or just run it back again. Dude, that makes me sad, but also excited Mm -hmm. at the same time, because I I also did not realize that until you said it. And at first I was like, oh. Like we only have eight more, really? But then at the same time, like I thought again, I was like, "Oh, no, there's eight, like eight more." You know how much we've got out of eight episodes so far. So I, there's gonna be a lot that we're gonna. It's just gonna be a huge treat, man. Like the final eight episodes are just gonna be amazing. Uh, I yeah. do have a question for you though. Hit so, it. is, is the reason why Reiner they? Aaron couldn't kill Reiner is because he was laying on his back. Is that why I, I got, I didn't fully understand the reason why he couldn't kill him. Yeah, that's a good question, man. I think that honestly, if I'm thinking like realistically, cause it, the, this is the only thing that I could think making sense is that Aaron's just kind of like out of gas mm. because okay. you know, the dude, the dude was, you know, he had extreme stamina transforming three times and being a Titan longer than anybody on the battlefield and, you know, being like attacked and having to heal and all that stuff multiple times. So I'm thinking that it is just like, he's just tapped out and he knows just by the look of Reiner that, uh, it would just kind of, uh, end in kind of like a catastrophe or just kind of the presence of Reiner, even though he was weak was good enough or like big enough a big enough deterrent to just say you know what dude i've done i've came here i've gotten you know specific things and let's not get greedy yeah that's what i'm thinking that that totally makes sense and i I totally forgot about him changing into titan three different times and all that other stuff so yeah that that makes sense yeah i mean who knows because there's always kind of like sly little implicit bits of evidence and information that we can get uh from kind of like other sources but that's as far as i can tell like thinking of kind of contextually what was going on and why that would Mm -hmm. be said um also it's like kind of a time thing too because perfect segue actually at this point you know uh paradis is on their way on this blimp and ready to head out so there's obviously kind of a last call even in the last episode it was like hanj was saying even though aaron's kind of the showstopper and why they were there um she said that you know if they leave stragglers behind that's that's just what happens because they have like kind of a tight window to get through because obviously 
Marley has armaments that could easily take out a blimp, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Because in the episode, I think, I don't know if it was Aaron or someone, they, they were saying that they didn't have anything to, to take out a blimp. But yeah, I'm uh, not sure. Well, I mean, maybe now because of the, yeah, maybe because of the uh, the Navy is taken out, which have Yeah, they took out the fleet. big yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Hmm. So, I mean, maybe it's just another thing, too. It's, you know, I wouldn't imagine uh, wanting to hang out over the, you know, the capital or the country that I just attacked in the air with yeah. something as defenseless as a blimp um, for much, you know, for a lot of time, especially with the cargo that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that all makes sense. Like the time thing and them not having a fleet and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I mean, here we are. The the group escapes on the flint the blimp, and essentially what we have is, I think I think we even assume this man that this was kind of the first time that the scouts are seeing Aaron in in an and in a sense like they were kind of had their arm twisted like you know there's two bits of information that we find here one is that Levi is very happy to see Aaron and kicks him in the face <laughs> which is a uh, just, you know, Levi's special way of saying like, hey, man, it's been a long time, especially to Aaron. And two, it means that like this is there's so much information in that, dude. What when you saw that scene, what was like the flood of like, oh, snap. So this must mean this. And, you know, going through like cascading information from that one scene. If you had it, that is. Yeah, uh, I'm going to backtrack to when. Aaron and Armin first, like when Armin helped Aaron up on the blimp just uh, for a sec, mm-hmm. just because like there, I feel like there was something in that scene because it seemed like there was just some weird emotion in Armin's face when he saw Aaron. Like, I feel like there was something. Really good call. Yeah. Like, I just feel like there was something going on there where Armin was just, I don't know. It just seemed like he wasn't super happy to see Aaron. Um, yeah. and same with same with Aaron. Like Aaron hasn't really had any emotion until kind of the end of this episode. Uh, but the same thing, like he didn't have any emotion on his face. But it just seemed like Armin was like so sad about something or upset. I don't know what, like exactly what that emotion was, but I do feel like there's something in that uh, in that interaction. Uh, but anyway, it's a good pickup. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just a just a quick note on that. You know, I think that, yeah, definitely, maybe that's also supporting evidence of them not seeing each other for a while. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, you can't but help feel like the thing that Armin did, which is so kind of against his will as far as, you know, not wanting to kill innocent people, was kind of forced upon him by needing to protect Aaron and the rest of the mm-hmm. scouts from, you know, because if it wasn't for that, there's no way that anything would have gone, you know, gone on outside of them getting destroyed by that uh, naval, you know, naval armament. Because, yeah. I mean, so maybe that's a case, too. It's just kind of like, yeah, implicitly heavy. And I, it's interesting that they focused in on them, like grabbing each other's hands mm-hmm. as Armin helped Aaron into the blimp. But yeah, really good call. Um, but anyway, finish the point. Yeah, so going to that interaction between Levi and Aaron, I thought it was like part of, like it was super funny because like he kicked Aaron in the face and he says this brings back memories Aaron, you have such a kickable face. Uh and that's a just a callback mm-hmm. to when 
Levi just kicked the crap out of Aaron to like prove that they could uh, like keep him in line. Yeah, from the first season. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really super funny. Just wanted to add that. But yeah, that interaction does kind of tell me a couple things. It tells me that yes, they haven't seen each other in a really long time, but also kind of like what we we're saying is just the the scouts and the rest of the people from Paradise kind of seem like they they don't really like Aaron very much right now. Um, and kind of like I was saying in past, uh, past pods that there, there's just some type of rift between, between the, between the scouts and, uh, Aaron, did you pick anything else up? You, those were definitely the main points in the, the whole kind of just the moment itself, as far as there, there's obviously this tension and the level of closeness that they had, you know, where, where we, where we left off when they were all together last, which was season three, um, obviously isn't the case anymore. And it might be just because of, you know, obviously there's been a lot of things that have happened, which I'm looking or hoping that we address or they address so we can go over. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not, it's not the same crew that we left off with that had kind of a unified front and wanted to, you know, go after this thing alone or like together. But Aaron has always been one of those, you know, weird kind of like it didn't matter if if it would have like you compromised the mission. So, you know what? Like, here's a perfect example. I think Aaron would be a horrible Irwin. Mm. So in the fact of like, you know how Irwin was like his whole dream was to see what was in that basement and to kind of try to understand the world better. And he sacrificed that dream and like kind of lived you know, decided to have an ignominious fate being that he led all of those guys to their death. Like Aaron would have 100% with his type of conviction to that would have been like, fuck or no, there's no way. Um, I'm finding out what was in that basement, which is like, yeah. And so this is the exact scenario of that now, Mm -hmm. but the basement happens to be revenge. Yeah, man, there's so much going on. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. And also kind of talking about, um, you know, morals and kind of philosophies and stuff. We also have a conversation with Gabby and Falco uh, that's on the ground in Marley. And of course, we left off with Gabby being incensed with rage and revenge um, against Aaron. And I, I really enjoy this conversation in the sense of there's so much that Falco has like as far as information wise on gabby and then of course their personalities are different but i i think it's like you know here's this great rift of the lack of ability to kind of transplant memories and thoughts and ideas into gabby's head and who knows if she would have accepted them but there's obviously like a a rift between communication there right oh yeah for sure uh yeah like kind of like you said falco's seen and heard so much more than Gabby. So Gabby just doesn't understand. Uh, Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, like I can see where Gabby's coming from as well, just because we've seen it before through Aaron and when uh, Reiner and Berthold and all those guys came and destroyed their, their town. Like I kind of understand where she's, I guess where she's coming from. Like, does that kind of make sense? So you're saying like when, when she says, did you see them destroy you know, Paradis, and did you see the reason why they're giving us, you know, acting on revenge right now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but also I wanted to make that 
to touch on that point because even if you don't see it, like why does it just not happen in your eyes? Like that just doesn't yeah. quite make sense to me. Yeah. So I think this is actually kind of the crux of being 14 and in war. Uh, <laughs> granted, I've never been, I've been 14, but I haven't been in war. Um, but I think that this is kind of one of the, one of the bigger, you know, I, we talked about, I hope, and I also hope you did your kind of homework on this, um, but I'm happy to defer it till later. But the overall themes of this season and kind of episodes, and one of them is, is like, how high of a cost are you willing to go for revenge? And mm. we see this in Aaron and we see this in Gabby and kind of the, and of course, I think, you know, one of the salient faces in this has been somebody who's been included in every single episode and kind of has a lot of face time, more so than Aaron, I think, in total. But Falco is kind of the the one person that is willing to kind of, you know, willing to understand the sum, like, you know, the sum of the revenge might be higher, a higher cost than, it, you know, than the thing that happened to want to take the revenge. And, you know, I think that that's the kind of the true fault between Gabby and Falco, which I think they're so similar, but Falco is just less selfish and it comes out as being kind of, you know, an overall scheme of life. He's more thoughtful. So, you know, he's obviously super talented and things of the, that, you know, that nature because he wouldn't be in the warrior candidate program. But he's also, you know, less selfish in the way of like thinking of other ideas or, you know, things of that nature and wanting to be helpful, even if it is at the demise of Gabby. But that's a, uh, I really, you know, I found that little segment like rich and showing who these people really are and what exactly are the rift between them. If you, is there anything that you could add between the difference between Gabby and Falco? Or do you think that's kind of a huge, a huge part of it or aspect is how incensed or like kind of consumed they are with their own ideas or selfish? No, I, there's not really much else to add. Just, I, I guess it just kind of boils down to what they've experienced so far as well. Uh, I think Gabby, like I kind of said, Gabby's had a lot different experience than Falco. But at the same time, they experienced the same, like the same situation that happened. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, I guess, to the kind of to the eyes of the holder. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Another another thing that I want to bring up too is uh, I don't know if you you see this, but uh, and I'm not even sure if it's kind of like a meaningful point, but there's I think that they were I couldn't help but juxtapose Falco and Reiner and then Gabby and Aaron in the same way as far as like the way that they're driven is Falco is driven like almost like by a very small finite amount. So just like Reiner was driven to kind of be a, uh, the armor Titan to reun reunite his family, um, which is, you know, two people. Um, Falco is here kind of like a big drive of, for him is like Gabby and helping others. But mainly, you know, we've seen Gabby kind of be the focal point when he's actually performing really well. And then when you look at the other side, it's like Aaron just wants mass destruction of these people. And Gabby <laughs> wants like mass credit to her people. So it's like, you know, and maybe I'm grasping at straws and please tell me if I am. But it's like, you know, you see these people driven by really small, like, you know, small impact things as far as 
you know, the family, like, you know, to the family of Reiners or Gabby. And then it's like, but then these two people that are incensed and just don't care at all are thinking like just huge scale when it mm-hmm. comes to like the things that drive them. Yeah. I don't think you're grasping at straws at all, dude. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, like kind of like you were saying about juxtaposing the the characters and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I was having a really hard time trying to figure out who Falco, like who Falco kind of compares to and what you just said makes so much sense with him and Reiner and, and their motivations and things like that. Um, <clears throat> Gabby and Aaron are totally kind of the same character. Like, they've gone through basically the same thing uh, as far as the Titans attacking. Like they both had Titans attack family and friends and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, that totally makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and of course there's like, you know, there's more complexity to these characters, but that's one thing that you find that also kind of relates to another aspect of them for sure. Mm-hmm. But leading on, we also have that, that we all, you know, sorry. Um, but essentially Gabby and Falco get onto the blimp, um, by killing Lobov. And so essentially they hop on, um, Falco grabs on last second. And then one of the saddest things that happen because, um, the, the franchise loses, a almost a certified snack. And I mean, it with, <laughs> I say that with fully like, you know, the biggest pun intended at all because this person loved to snack the most, but Gabby shoots down Sasha, uh, shoots her in the chest. And um, another thing that I want to highlight too is like, check out Falco. Like Gabby was also lined up on Gene and he, you know, tackled her last second to save him. So it's, it's incredible to see kind of, um, you know, this homie's self-restraint and even thinking like we're 100% dead, but just being exposed to the ideas of that conversation with Aaron and Reiner, and I'm sure his personality, um, saved Gene's life for sure in that aspect. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it was funny watching that. Like, I was like, oh, wow. He literally just saved Gene's life. Like, what's, I, it kind of, it's kind of like, what's the motivation behind it, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. There's no, there's no like, you know, there's no reason that he would other than like maybe, but I'm not even sure he's concerned with his own life at this point. Cause he wouldn't have hopped on there if he was, but um, you know, there's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of like baffled um, cause you know, any other character, number one, they would have never grabbed on to Gabby to get on, get into that position. But if they did, that shot would have for sure um, punched a hole into him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, super sad with Sasha too, but sorry, you were going to say something. No, I was, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is, yeah, it was super sad watching, watching that happen, especially seeing that scene uh, kind of previously, uh, there was an interaction between Connie, Jean and Sasha and Connie, Connie was just saying like, I'm really glad you guys survived because you guys are super special to me. And when I saw that, I was just thinking, someone's going to no. die. Like, yeah. one of those three is going to die. And I was like, please don't let it be Sasha. <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly, dude, I I don't even, I hate even thinking about it. But then if if it wasn't to be Sasha, who would you choose for, you know, who's catching the bullet? 
honestly, it'd probably be Connie. Just yeah, because he he hasn't really shown much, I guess, like in previous seasons and and kind of in this season too. Uh, so I just feel like he'd be <laughs> the easiest target as yeah, far as like, people to like, kill off and like importance and things of that nature. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like it wouldn't hit his heart either. Uh, just for he had the armor on too. Oh yeah, he did. I forgot about that. She was the only one without it, so it's mm-hmm. like. What a, yeah, it was almost like they kind of um, called her out. But yeah, dude, I agree, man. Like Connie's whole claim to fame for a big giant chunk of the Attack on Titan universe was he sucked and then his mom was a Titan. <laughs> I know it sounds, and it sounds <laughs> bad. Not much going but, for you, Connie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. But that homie's obviously like a G and I'm sure he's, you know, grown and killing it. But um yeah, they haven't shown him to be particularly badass as of yet. But I'm looking forward to the day that he shines and, um, you know, turns it up for the fallen homies. Yeah, I'm hoping to see something like that. Yeah, man. But anyway, so we have one of the... And, you know, it sounds crazy to say after the death of somebody that we've seen from the very, like, season one of this series that there's something even bigger that happened this episode. And here is the time when we talk about the giant pat on the back that we can give ourselves out of Boutcast and you guys can give us collectively as well. But did we or did we not call that Zeke was a double, possibly a quadruple agent, if you hear me out? Dude, it's insane. I I understand what's going on, honestly. But yes, Mm -hmm. that's a huge pat on our backs. Like, it was super suspicious how Zeke quote unquote died last episode. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, good good call, my man. Good call. Dude, well, number one, I think it was a it was probably like a, a group shot for sure. And yeah. I yeah, there's multiple things that I think were kind of fishy about this. And I was like re-watching some episodes to kind of get a better feel for it, but it doesn't all at all kind of make sense. So of course this part makes sense in the long run of things. So Zeke was actually the guy that recommended that they go back over to Marley. And it's like, you know, if they actually figured that stuff out, if they got to that point, then it would have been a wrap. But also Zeke was also the guy that also mentioned that the Warhammer would need to get involved too. So it's like, dude, this dude was thinking master strats. If all of this was like calculated, then he knew that to get the Warhammer out, that he would need to then kind of like incite possibly going to war. But the thing is, is like if Aaron could beat the Warhammer, what was like kind of the issue? Like he could have just ex- escaped with his like homies and, um, you know, been, you know, had it done. But my, all right. So I have a couple questions for you, Chris. One, um, well, the first question was why did Zeke cross over, which I feel like is kind of an easy one if you follow the context of the episode, but also, I found it so interesting that he was crazy enough to crazy enough to recruit people. And also, even in the face of Levi wanting to kill him, he was still willing to pair up with uh, Paradis. But I want to hear that answer or the, you know, the answer to the question of why do you think he crossed over? Hmm. Huh. I guess I didn't follow the the context of the episode very well because I... I'm not really sure, except for him wanting like all Eldians to be free. Well, that's it, uh, dude. Yeah, like, oh, that okay. was the. I thought there yeah. was more. <laughs> nah, bro. Well, it's 
But I don't understand. Okay, so the question is, is like, why did he do it that way, though? That's the heavy question, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why get the Warhammer involved? Why, like, do all these things? Why certifiably make World War, you know, World War happen against Paradis for the things that they did? It's, um, you know, there's, I mean, of course, you have to add in the, the kind of the, the ingredient or the variable of Aaron being kind of batshit crazy at this point. Um, you know, go, kind of flying off the handle. I'm sure it wouldn't have been the same if he was kind of more cool, calm, and collected, but they were obviously working together. We had the scene with the baseball glove, which Aaron then got the baseball glove from Zeke, which we can now say because it was actually part of the manga, um, but not a part of the actual Attack on Titan episodes. So there's, they were obviously, you know, going back and forth, but. If you had to like kind of build up a case or understanding of the world of what happened and why, as of now, what do you think you know you'd come up with moving forward? Or? No, as far as like why you know why oh, Warhammer? Why, why get the Warhammer involved? Why you know a whole bunch of stuff? Man, yeah, that's a loaded question. Uh, I think they need Warhammer to do. It has to do with something that with Annie's. Uh, crystal encasing, I guess. Uh, also, I don't, dude, I don't know. Like, I am stumped by this question right now. Just Bro, because you know, I, I don't I, easy on you. Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, I still feel like we don't know a whole lot about the Warhammer Titan and its powers. I feel like there's still some things that we don't know about as far as like what it can do and if there's like royal blood involved as well. If, mm -hmm. if there's something going on with that, because uh, Zeke did mention say or he did say that they had a Titan with royal blood and a Titan and the founding founding Titan now, so I, I feel like there's something behind that as well. Uh, I also just question like why why did Zeke and Reiner and Bertholdt go over there in the first place? Like what I guess what changed in that in that time frame between like after the first attack on Paradis and then in Marley. Uh, can you rephrase that question? So you're saying that, um, you know, they obviously went back, but I thought it was actually like scouts, kind of like people like, you know, not obviously Titans, but more little, you know, like the little dudes going over to try to see, sniff things out, almost like Aaron did. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. Because that's, go ahead. Go for it. No, well, I was going to say, it just it just doesn't make, you know, the only Titan that they didn't see was Poke, um, but it also doesn't make much sense for them to kind of like re-infiltrate and stuff like that, especially since Paradis would be on high alert, um, yeah. probably not let anybody in, and it would be a lot tougher to run the same gambit. Mm -hmm. So I think that those guys were um, just kind of like scouts. And then in that quick clip that you were mentioning we see the all right so here here's where we got it wrong and i'm happy to say this uh cuz i i was probably one of the bigger proponents of this it wasn't it wasn't armin that cut kind of dropped the um trapdoored poke and pike but it was actually um somebody that pike was interested in and it this person or she was a huge zeke supporter as well so we we know that that's when Zeke trying to like kind of pulls people over, um, and that also implies that Pike is lesbian, which is a uh, respect to them because um, you know it's all about being diverse nowadays. 
Come on, son. Show <laughs> you love out here. Love is love, honey. Oh, yeah, I got you. No, I don't Titan know. Love, Titan love. I, yeah, I just wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did, did. Yeah, I literally, I wrote it down in the notes because I was like, bro, you got to. Oh, okay. Well, number one, too, it's like the person, I think her, uh, her name is like Yolande. You're really oh, good you with names. Name. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't catch your name. So uh, nice job. Thanks, bro. Um, so they, well, they kind of like chewed her out for, for, um, letting them escape even though she had nothing to do with it it was just the shitty mustache but or the beard but the you know at this point so i think if i was to kind of like flip it on its head um maybe the the warhammer titan would be to crack open annie's case but the thing is it's like i don't know why they would need to because they do have this is where it gets interesting for me man Essentially, what we have is the royal blood is Zeke himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a given because of the you know how it all started, and we know that from the memories of Grisha. The the one thing that I'm super curious about is this is for LUD and freedom, which makes sense. Um, and I'd be curious to see the population of Paradis and the population of the LUDs on Marley, and I'm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Paradis had more just because, you know, the LUDs on Marley are there to like kind of be, um, you know, bullet sponges. It's a war like country, you know, um, and things of that nature. And so maybe it's like, you know, cost benefit analysis. There's more people over there mm-hmm. um, and it'll stop kind of the suffering of the LUDs over in Marley if you kind of have this state and, and in a weird way. In a weird way, and tell me if I'm reaching, um, but it's shoot, man. I see. I don't even want to say it, but it's it's do almost it. like do it. <laughs> it's almost like they're making their own like Israeli state in a sense, oh, where they all like collect in one certain place and they have like a lot of power, and it almost like it almost will then magnetically and gravitationally pull other people over. And granted, this could be a definite reach. Um, Z could also just be happy to destroy other, you know, other countries and destroy Marley and then kind of say, all right, so the freedom of value deans is because, uh, we killed the people that enslaved us instead of kind of like creating a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, is like, you know, does that mean that Aaron's going to get eaten or can we do the same thing where, you know, if Aaron's in contact with a royal blood person, can he now then use the Titan powers to their fullest extent? That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to be curious to see. Or it could be something totally different. But there's there's obviously some questions that need to be answered. But I I just find it insane, dude. And here's another question for you, Chris. Being that this was the cost of everything, and knowing what the outcome would have been um, before, like let's say let's say that. If Marley had Aaron from the jump or the founding Titan power from the jump, would they ever have, you know what, man, I think they would have attacked Paradis and they would have wiped him out. Now that I'm kind of like thinking through the problem, but my question was going to be, do you think that they would have, like if Marley had Aaron or the founding Titan power to begin with, do you think that they would have left Paradis alone? And now I think no, but I want to hear your idea of it. Oh, you think no? Yeah, you think no. So you think they would come and 
wipe them out, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, okay. Yeah, I I am in full agreement with that too. Just because you know how the the whole Hellos thing and all that stuff, how it was kind of a big lie just to show that Marley was was the I guess the savior of or Hellos mm-hmm. was the savior for Marley and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of going off that and knowing that they, I feel like they would have just wiped them out just because of, they just thought they were an island of devils and uh, that they're the ultimate enemy of Marley and the ultimate enemy of the world. And so why not try and save the world uh, while we have this amazing Titan power? Yeah. I mean, it makes the, um, you know, they have such disdain of those people in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they dehumanize them which is actually kind of like super super interesting psychology for being able for people doing for people being able to do horrific things to other people um i'm i'm reading uh the rape of nan king right now so i'm like super deep into to that type of um psychology mm-hmm. um in their case it was the japanese against the chinese and the koreans and the other asians but um I I think that yeah there's no way and also they find them like dangerous. Like there there is a fear of the Eludeans. Like there's no there's no way of getting around it. Even like you know it's tied to their actual very fabric of the history or the false history that they weave for people. And it's um so I think they definitely would be attacked, but I guess it essentially means it's like then the anticipation of this world war with this other con- these other countries attacking Paradis to get the ultimate weapon. I mean, who knows if it is the ultimate weapon? We've only seen one war outside of, you know, and one country was using modern technology who couldn't have, you know, who possibly wasn't even the strongest one. But it's like all of the other countries combined attacking Paradis. Was it worth it to kind of be held hostage by Aaron's crazy whims? <laughs> I mean, I would, I would hope so. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, like you said, a lot of unanswered questions uh, that need to be, like, <laughs> that need to be answered. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to ahead. One thing that I want to, that I kind of want to theorize about. Do you think? Uh, so now that Aaron has the Warhammer Titans powers. Do you think the that armor is impenetrable to those anti-Titan cannons that they have now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. The reason I say that is because the you know if it has to do with some form of crystallization, um, which the Warhammer it seemed like had that all over her body. You know, like we mm-hmm. saw her eyes through kind of like sh- like you know slits in a sense. There's, I mean, I can't imagine that. Um, I mean, maybe maybe there's something heavier than the regular anti-Titan cannons that they had there. Um, you know, more heavy duty, maybe on a military ship or something. But I, yeah, I th- I think we're, s- maybe this is kind of a bold or stupid claim, but it just makes more sense to think that it would. But that's even to say that Aaron masters the Warhammer Titan power enough to, you know, engulf his body in that stuff too, right? Yeah. What are yeah. your thoughts? Uh, I I do I don't think the the cannons can can penetrate that armor. Uh but kind of like going along with what you said, I don't know if Aaron's gonna be able to figure that part out, I guess, figure that power out in time. Uh because I they're like both Zeke and Aaron, now that I think about it, 
are on that that thirteen is it thirteen years? The thirteen year yeah, bro, time, they're, they're, time frame. Mm-hmm. So they're they're kind of running out of time as well. Not um, there's just so many things that are coming across my mind right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. I think they have one year left. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Aaron is a little bit more because actually it's definitely a little bit more than Zeke. Um, just because we know of the fact of how the attack kind of sequentially went. Mm-hmm. Um, because Aaron wasn't a Titan before the first attack. Um, and it was only after that he did become one. So yeah, he has very little time. They all do, but it's like then like Zeke's willing to get desperate almost. Or like, you know, he's he's um he's more he's more fluid in the piece of his movement and like the things he's willing to do, knowing that he doesn't have much time left, you know? Even though he's thinking long, like long term with the freedom of his people, he's still gonna be kind of um as long as they don't lose the Titan power of his. It's not like they can transfer the royal blood out, right? Yeah, I don't think so. We haven't seen anything to where nah, they, can, they have that ability. Yeah. yeah, so who knows, bro? Or maybe, dude, you know what also could be something interesting? We didn't get to see it in Marcel and Polk's um, versions, but this is the first time we're seeing like brother titans. Even though they're half-brothers, Zeke and Aaron are brothers, dude. Isn't that crazy oh, to think? Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Dude, th- this episode has brought so many, like I said, so many other questions. Yeah, and man. now that Zeke is kind of this double, quadruple agent, whatever he is, there, there's just I, I just feel like there's so much going on, and I like I have some serious trust issues with Zeke. I, I, do you have any? Really? Yeah. Um. Well, dude, I'll tell you this much. It. Kind of, but at the same time, I feel like he has a lot to lose if he acts up. Yeah. And the reason like, I say that, huh? We'll uh, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, but like he's double crossed his, his own parents to save his grandparents. And I and just feel like he's been, him. yeah. And I just feel like he's just been this, this sketchy guy. Cause like I'm all for the scouts. Like I'm on the scout side, 100%. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like he's really sketchy. But what were you going to say? Well, yeah. I mean, to talk about that, he like backstabbed his parents, double agent right there. Then he also, hmm, I guess in a way, he's also like attacked the LUDians. Mm-hmm. So he's like got, crossed his family. He's crossed his like race. Um, and then and he, crossed he crossed his own country. Yeah. So it's like this dude's, yeah, this dude's stepping all over, all over boundaries. But um, I think that he does have a lot to lose, but it's not like he could go back to Marley. He was dead. dude. He was dead. And they would start asking questions. And you know that because Pike even tied the person that imprisoned them to being an ardent Zeke person. Right. So Mm -hmm. somebody that Zeke would that would listen to whatever Zeke had to say. So it's like there's no way he's coming back. Pike already sniffed him out, I think, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's <sighs> Pike's freaking brilliant, man. Yeah, dude. So do you think Pike is for sure no know, knows that Zeke might still be alive? Um yeah, might for sure. Mm. And I you know, I think that it won't be surprising to her at all. And also it's just a matter of time, right? Like they once they start seeing the founding Titan powers, like really turning up, 
then they will. You know what, though? I'm not sure if they know. You know, this is something I thought of. I don't think that Marley knows about the royal bloodline increasing the Titan powers. And the reason I say that is because the the Pierce, they, they were shocked that um, Zeke was like as talented as he was with the, the Beast Titan. Um, and then we also have, and I'm not sure if Willie was kind of just being a liar, and I'm sure he was, but about how Aaron could like summon the rumbling, which he cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might not even know, like they might be suspicious of Zeke, but even if the founding Titan powers were like executed to the fullest, they might not say, oh yeah, that's Zeke 100%. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think they they really know uh, really anything at all about royal blood and stuff like that. Yeah, man. So, but I, you know, that doesn't fully like exculpate Zeke in this whole thing, but um, it kind of muddies the waters for them in a sense. But one one question I wanted to ask, and um, it was mentioned at the very end, was as far as buying time for Paradis against Marley. Do you think like what do you think? marley could do as far as a retaliation to this yeah i was thinking about that because i was just kind of thinking where does marley go from here because all i have is the cart titan and the jaw titan i think that's it uh, and I mean, because they could still eat Reiner. oh yeah i forgot about reiner uh so yeah they just have those three and i feel like when you compare those three to the beast titan and aaron's titans they're they're not really any match so it's kind of like oh go and ahead don't even forget about the god of destruction armin like the yeah. Colossal too. yeah see i even left out armin uh but yeah I, I just feel like they i don't know like where they're gonna go from here like how do they regroup what are they gonna do uh the only thing that i can think of is that they're just gonna send every single country over to that island and try and destroy them but uh, I don't know exactly how that's going to happen either because it's not like they have, well, we haven't seen any type of like, I don't know, like, like, yeah, or anything to kill Titans really. Mm, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like are the other countries going to be um, able to handle the amount of firepower that Paradis now has? And it's hard mm-hmm. to say because it's like, you have to go all the way over to Paradis. The war that we saw was actually, not on, you know, it was kind of like brackish water. It was between two countries for the, that peninsula. So there's, you know, it could be a different game when you have to like ship and transport your, you know, your guns over and your kind of like your best weapons to yeah. a place that, you know, is going to be waiting for you and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, because they're might... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, no, I was I was probably going to say the same thing that you were going to say because they're going to be waiting for it. They're going to be ready for you to come and attack them. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They're just at a super huge disadvantage. One being in ships and can kind of be seen from far away. That's just an assumption on my part. But uh, so like they're going to be seen, and uh, like you said, the Paradise is just going to be ready for them. Yeah, man, and I'm excited for it. But anyway. We have another episode coming up, and I think it'll be another kind of slow burner. But, you know, from the preview that we saw, kind of some time jumps in history and that stuff, what do you expect us to be seeing this ninth episode of Attack on Titan on the other half of the hill? Dude, I'm, 
I'm actually super excited for this episode because like you said, it does look like a kind of like a flashback episode. Mm. Uh, so I'm really excited to see uh, maybe how the, all the planning went into this attack on Marley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also excited to see kind of the interactions between Aaron and the rest of the scouts and uh, and just how everything has been played out up to this point and see how relationships have either blossomed or gone the other way. Uh, yeah, there's. I think there's going to be a lot to learn from this ne- next episode from the scout side and uh, and from the planning side of things too. What about you? I, I don't think that there's much uh, much room to argue with exactly everything that you said right there. The It'll be flashback time. So exactly what we asked for a while ago as far as like the planning and prepping of this attack and how it came about. And of course, we're going to be seeing in the flashback I also saw or in the preview, we also saw the bearing of Sasha, which will be, you know, super sad, but hopefully closure. And then also it'll be really cool to have flashback moments and then also to kind of see what the relationship is like in the present between Aaron, the scouts, Paradis, and everything like that, because there's so much that they have to work through. Yeah. Now, you know, everybody's together and there's obviously a huge elephant in the room of what just happened and like what did Aaron just make us do in a sense. Yeah. I I'm curious to see how Aaron's going to be received by the people of Paradis and like not the scout's perception perception, but everyone else's perception of Aaron. Like what do they think about him or like and stuff like that. And Historia. I forgot about mm-hmm. her too. I wonder like her thoughts on everything and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see see what happens. Yeah. Another great one, man. And another one that you guys can stay tuned for for next week. But anyway, uh, Chris, once again, thank you so much, man, for being on this one. I think I'm, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse by saying thank you, but really, dude, you, you make such a huge difference in, you know, the recordings of these and you're, you're really sharp in the game with this stuff. So it's, you know, you make this thing exponentially better, just you being on it. So thanks so much, man. Thanks, man. I, I feel like I say this every single time too, but I thoroughly enjoy it. And it's really a huge pleasure of mine to do this with you. Man, well, I'm glad the feeling's mutual. And, you know, another person or another, I guess, people I want to thank is every one of you guys that are listening right now. It's been kind of a longer one uh, as we've had kind of with these richer information ones. But uh, also a quick note that you guys can find this stuff on YouTube now, too. I'm going through the back catalog of all the ones that we've been doing. So patience on those if you're you know, anticipating that. But it'll be on Aboutcast at YouTube, and you'll find it in the, the description of this episode of this podcast as well. But once again, thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Attack on Titan and this review. And I'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.